suppose we start with optimism and the hope that we will have clear skies and no rain or minimal rain for the next 10 days. Uh, that weather outlook is obviously what we've uh, hoped for, and now what we're uh, counting on in terms of strategy is a gradual lowering of the lake levels, uh, perhaps Lake Monona at about a half an inch a day for the next couple of weeks. All that gets us is to a point where we hopefully can get all of our uh, streets reopened and uh, the flooded areas along the shorelines of Brittingham Bay, uh, the Ohio River, Wingra Creek, and the southern ends of, of Lake uh, Monona and Monona Bay. Uh, let me stop for a moment and just address the issue of sandbags. Even if we were to see those reductions over the next couple of weeks, that doesn't mean in another two to three weeks with heavy rains that we wouldn't have similar problems. And I want to make the point that we're going to be under this kind of stress at least through the spring. It depends upon what kind of snow we get, what kind of patterns of, of freezing, and then rains in the spring. But until the lake levels can be significantly lowered, we will continually be under threat from any significant rainstorm. That said, with clear weather for a couple of weeks, one of the things we're now working on is uh, the removal of sandbags. It won't start for a couple of weeks, but it's our hope that if this clear weather uh, sustains, we will have a, uh, a curbside pickup plan for sandbags. The details will go out, and uh, what will happen is if there's area flooding at the time outside of Madison, we will send the sandbags where needed uh, elsewhere here in southern and south-central Wisconsin. If the sandbags uh, do not need to be uh, reused, the sand will be recycled and used in our normal winter uh, program of salting and sanding city streets. Those sandbags that have been contaminated, uh, those will be uh, taken as any contaminated soil is and landfilled appropriately. Uh, effective in just, well, by time this is broadcast, uh, by 4 p.m. today, Friday, we will officially close uh, City of Madison boat launches at Ulbrick Law and Olin Parks. Now, we still have uh, some street closures. First Street is open. We've got two lanes in both directions, as is East Washington, where all the lanes are presently open. But we've got challenges at Johnson Street and uh, some of the streets that abut some of the creeks and, and bay areas. And again, all this will be found on the city website. East Johnson will be closed. Uh, it's, it's hard to estimate when we'll be able to reopen East Johnson. Let me say that if, if we can see Lake Monona lowered at a half an inch a day, uh, within six days perhaps we'll be able to get one lane open in each direction. And then it might take another week to get the second lane open. Once we can get East Johnson open in each direction, 
we will most likely be able to then lift the parking restrictions on Baldwin Street, excuse me, on Williamson Street. Uh, right now, we've posted that to continue uh, with the modifications in parking, with the restrictions, till a week from today, till next Friday. But again, uh, the length of that is dependent upon when we can get a lane open on, on Johnson Street. And I might point out that yesterday, uh, we saw the consequences of, of bad things happening with uh, the limited accessibility through the isthmus. Uh, we had a car bounce off of a city bus. Uh, it went across two lanes of outbound East Washington, spun into the inbound lanes, and fortunately uh, there weren't multiple vehicles involved, but it closed off uh, most of East Washington uh, until we got that cleared out, meaning at that point, Williamson Street was really the only continual street that gave us access from the east side to the downtown and the state capitol, and obviously heading to the west. Um, We will continue with our uh, uh, free evening parking in the garages. We want to re remind people, be careful where you store your vehicles uh, during the evenings. Though, again, we're optimistic about uh, no or very limited rain for the next 10 days. The other thing is, as we've coped with uh, major activities, marathons, uh, Taste of Madison, Last weekend, the big question mark for us was what, what's going to happen with Iron Man? Uh, with us today are Ryan Richards, the Iron Man Wisconsin race director, and Jamie Patrick, who's the vice president of the Madison Area Sports Commission. We feel really good about Iron Man for Sunday. Uh, we've got some, some tweaks that had to be made, but uh, why don't you guys come and, and, and share the good news about the swim and, and uh, the modest rerouting of the bicycle sure. portions? Sure. Thank, thank you, Mayor. Um, first, uh, just uh, the, the ability to work with the city as well as uh, the rest of Dane County to make these changes to allow uh, for us to put on a full race is, is uh, something we're very thankful for um, and very appreciative of. I know that uh, everybody's stretched thin and um, for us to be able to uh, work with everybody to make a manageable course for both the community as well as uh, our athletes is uh, is very appreciative so a um, couple of minor tweaks obviously the water level is very high at law park we shifted the start and the finish of the swim uh, about 100 meters so it's a very minor change um, they'll just they'll simply enter the water and exit the water about 100 meters away from where they normally do. It's away from the Monona Terrace. Um, the second change is on the bike course. Um, we typically use the uh, bike path underpass underneath John Nolan Drive and Olin Avenue. Um, because of the flooding, obviously, we are unable to do that because they're both underwater. So we worked through a reroute um, using the Capital City Trail. Um, to head south out of town and uh, get onto the road at Knob Hill Road, so we're right underneath the Beltline. Um, uh, Madison Area Sports Commission did an extensive 
uh, outreach program for us of, of the hotels and those businesses that are impacted um, right at John Nolan Drive, uh, the Sheridan Hotel, the Clarion and the Holiday Inn uh, right there. And um, they all understand the circumstances we are under, and we will be working with Madison Police Department to allow cars in and out of there um, as soon as it's safe for, uh, you know, for those cars to move about with the bikes. Uh, we've also provided them a schedule of the day of anticipated riders, when there will be no delays, when there could be potentially long delays coming and going from those properties so they're aware of it and can make the guests aware of it. Um, fortunately, most of the guests are there and are here for the race, so um, there's not a lot of check-in and check-out um, from those hotels. Um, once, once the bikes are, are south of the Beltline and have done the little Knob Hill uh, and, and Badger Road detour, um, the rest of the bike course is as we had planned. The county has done an unbelievable job um, working with us to uh, make sure the roads are, are repaired, as they would have had to do for the community. But, um, and we've been working with them to help clean up, do some sweeping um, and, uh, and, road, and road work and clean up there. And then uh, the bikes will come back the same way, um, using that bike path as well. And then uh, for the run course, it, it's, it's going as planned. We're watching, obviously, the water levels of Lake Mendota near uh, the UW campus, but we're uh, confident with our, with our weather forecasts that uh, everything, will be, everything will be fine and ready to go um, for the run portion. So we are expecting a full, a full distance race of 2.4 miles in the swim, 112 miles on the bike, and 26.2 miles on the run course. So. I would echo uh, Ryan's comments that it's been great to have the city collab collaborate on this project in the county. Uh, you know, it's an important race to our community. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, losses and devastation throughout the flooding, uh, but Ironman has inspired us for years, and I think this allows us to take our minds off that for a little bit on Sunday uh, as, as we see people trying to achieve their goals. And so we're thankful for the collaboration and uh, and Ironman continuing to give back uh, to some of those groups volunteering at the event um, and other ways throughout the community to, to help support the event. So uh, a testament to everybody coming together to help make the city run efficiently. So thank you. Questions? How's Monona Terrace holding up? Is there any damage to that infrastructure that you know we're, of? We're, we're doing all right at Monona Terrace. We've got the perimeter sandbagged, um, and we're keeping, obviously, close eye on the, the water level there, but Monona Terrace is just fine. And what about the bike path? Bike path gets a little sloppy at the approaches to, to Monona Terrace, and, uh, you know, at some point you could use water wings or flippers <laughs> instead of bicycles, but it works. The setup down by the Monona Terrace, all those um, on the bike path, is that, maybe I have the route wrong, but is that tied to Ironman in any way, or is that just to preserve the bike path? It's to preserve the bike path and to prevent erosion from some of the green space that uh, that is, is so close to, to Lake Monona. Um, it obviously helps with Ironman as well. But, you know, we, we put that uh, protective barrier up uh, almost at the beginning of the storming. It's been almost a week and a half now. What's the significance of moving the swim start and finish 100 meters? What, do, what benefits do you have? Uh, Excuse me. Part of it was just to work with the city with the barriers they have up there as well, working around the sandbags. But also the normal water approach that we have used historically 
is is where a, a portion of the land kind of moves out farther, juts out further into the lake. So the 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 depth of where the swimmers would enter the water is just much deeper. So there's actually a little beach um, uh, down a little bit that, that we'll be using. It's just a little bit more gradual. It's an area that's, that's sort of cut back a little bit. So uh, we have just a little bit more real estate to um, hold the athletes prior to the swim start. When, when they transition from the swim to the bicycle, this is probably going to add about a minute and a half, two minutes to yep, time. Yep. So they'll, they'll have to run that extra distance of about 100 meters. So that will, won't impact their swim time, but it does impact their transition time, as the mayor referenced. So um, it's all part of the race, and, it's, and we've, we've been conveying it all along to them so that everyone's aware of it. Have you guys ever dealt with anything like this, weather-related, having to change courses so last minute? Um, no, fortunately. Um, this obviously this is a very unique circumstance where you know above the hundred year floodplain right now um, you know we've always had to make some minor changes here and there due to road construction or things like that but uh, luckily the Ironman Wisconsin race has uh, not had to make any changes due to due to any weather issues. Is some of the sanitary sewer construction going on part of flooding the particularly at uh, Olin Turville. The Olin Turville. Let me see if I got my notes on that here. Um, street bike path closure, Olin area. So we're making repairs to a sanitary sewer at uh, the park. Uh, complete details in a detour map are on our website. Work is expected to be completed today. The weather inflation, or was that a separate thing? Um, it, it was related. It's an old pipe, um, but it's about 10 feet away from Wingra Creek. So the high water put a little more pressure on the pipe than it could stand, and it, it collapsed. And uh, so we're working on a bypass system right now, and that'll be done by the end of the day. Um, and the settlement is basically sand around the pipe. It's flowing in that hole, and then, then the manhole and the, and the surrounding ground settle as a result. So. Was this the only sanitary sewer that has been affected by flooding? This was the first, I guess, I heard of. I could have missed others. We, we have found uh, three, um, three. I don't know if I'd call them failures because they didn't fail. We caught them in, in time. But we have found three uh, weak links in our system that this flooding has, uh, has, has, has brought out, and, and we have corrected all three of those. So there's no, um, I mean, as far as the consequence of those, I mean. No, no consequence because they were all caught in time. Uh, both the city and Madison Met have been monitoring levels in the sanitary system throughout this. And those monitoring, uh, both by us and by Madison Met, is where we caught these, these issues before they became critical. Thank you. Anything else? Um, have any homes on the isthmus been affected by flooding directly, has there been foundation collapse or the garden units getting? There has on the isthmus. There hasn't been anything of that sort reported to us. We've got homes that uh, uh, are using sump pumps. Always have, and in some instances, the sump pumps have not been able to handle the capacity of the water, leaving to some accumulation of, of if not water, moisture in the basements. Um, but we have not seen the kind of extensive damage that we saw in the University Avenue flooding or the um, 
the uh, flooding between Odana and Mineral Point Road when the uh, when that uh, reservoir reservoir filled up doesn't mean to say that there's more and you know there's going to be some assessments done later for example you'll notice that some of the buildings on East Washington Avenue not only have sandbags but they've got plastic uh, or tarps uh, on the first three or four feet of the building that's because cars going through at high speeds are creating waves and the continual uh, presence of the water hitting those buildings can cause some deterioration uh, but a lot of this will have to be evaluated after we get into recovery when we, we start doing inspections but we haven't seen anything like I said that we saw in these other areas or for example uh, the building on Schrader Road where all the electrical installations were located below grade and, and got washed out. In the beginning, you mentioned something we're going to be kind of in the stress level until the springtime. Uh, what does that mean? Are we going to be meeting with you on a weekly basis, you know, hearing about what's going I on? I hope not. <laughs> um, no, we will just simply have to watch what happens. We'll have to see when, what, when we get to Thanksgiving, we get to, to the, the, the period around the holidays, and the lakes freeze while well, they'll still be they're still moving water below the ice um, and then we'll, we'll start seeing uh, things warm up in in February and March when that happens with additional rains we could have problems there's no way of predicting it but we just have to be aware that with the lakes at such high levels now it is going to take a while before we, we, we get those lake levels down that we can go from day to day, week to week without being overly concerned. Do you think that means people might, you know, keep your sandbags heavy or handy until the springtime? I don't think it's necessary to keep the sandbags love, uh, handy until the spring because uh, we do intend to, to start collection this fall. But under a worst-case scenario we could go through this in the spring. I hate to say it, but it's it's not out of the question. All right? As, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, as you probably spoke to this uh, before previous press conference, as mayor, how do you feel the city has handled, how do you feel city crews have kind of handled this kind of unprecedented... Uh, well, it's... I mean, it's it's really been exceptional in, in terms of the way they've they've come together. And there's parts of this that most folks don't see. They see the result. For example, I think we've had like 350,000 hits on the website in regards to the flooding map, which every day uh, some folks check in terms of how they're getting to and from work and school and everything else. Making that work has got a whole lot of people touching it. And activities that have been routine in previous years – for example, the IT work simply creating those maps, the work for the people who are involved with geographic information systems. Uh, then there's the connection between traffic engineering, engineering, and those IT people and putting this all together. 
then there's a response from both streets and parks in 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 um, dealing with the flooding and and working in the flooded neighborhoods. Uh, then we have to add to that the vigilance of public health, watching what's happening with the standing water, what's, watching what's happening with the lakes. And by the way, we didn't mention in terms of Iron Man, one of the things that we did was we tested the water quality of Lake Monona to make sure it was safe for swimmers, and it is. Um, and that's, that's the public health department. Um, we've got a dozen agencies uh, besides, you know, people usually think of police and fire. Well, there's 10 other agencies, and I know I haven't mentioned all of them, uh, that have made this happen. The work of parking utility in, in uh, making the spaces available in the evenings. Madison Metro has been very active in having to respond in terms of bus routes, but also uh, being available in terms of if we were to have needed them in, in any evacuation situation. So I, I think, you know, city staff has just been uh, as great as we knew they were, and this is why we maintain a high level of training and of uh, investment in infrastructure so that when something like this happens, we're not totally uh, disabled in terms of, of support. I mean, there's things that are going on every day. I mean, you take that situation I described that, that occurred yesterday. We've got Johnson Street closed off. We've got uh, East Washington with an accident that crossed into both the outbound and the inbound lanes. Only uh, Williamson Street as a continued access point from downtown across the Ohio River available to us. That had to be available for transportation systems. It had to be available for police and fire, emergency vehicles coming in from out of town, all of that. And we're functioning, we're working, and uh, we'll be in a great recovery mode in the next month or two. Real quick one. So about public health, I know that they were, they've been testing the water throughout this week. I think they tested yesterday with some results expected today. Do you know the latest? Well, I do know that the continued testing on Lake Monona is fine. Uh, that, that, that was something we've done several times in anticipation of the Ironman event because we certainly don't want uh, swimmers in, in water that they shouldn't be in. And so that was critical. And we've also tested some of the standing water uh, in regards to mosquitoes, and I have not seen the results of those. But in some of the areas where we've had continual standing water, uh, where we, we've done some testing, uh, particularly for for the for the types of I was going to say the brands, the types of mosquitoes <laughs> that uh, that that carry certain diseases. Would anything anything be done to uh, control the mosquito population? Well, if we have uh, uh, any uh, breeding from mosquitoes that uh, transmit infectious diseases, yes, then there would be treatment for the larva. Yep. But nothing for the mosquitoes that are already out, like no spray. If it's, if it's just more mosquitoes the size of Buicks in greater frequency attacking us, sorry. <laughs> nope. Um, for the gentleman from Iron Man, one last question. 
Um, it seems like, you know, with this unprecedented rate, all this flooding, um, it could have just been easier to say, like, let's cancel it. Um, what's led to the dedication to make sure that we're pulling off this event? Um, obviously, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to go through, you know, years and years of planning like we have, you know, from year one to year two and all the way up to year 17 now to cancel a race. Nobody wants to do that. Um, myself as a, as a race director, I don't want to have to do that. Um, this is my job to figure out ways to, um, to put this race on the dedication of the athletes, um, the dedication of our several thousand volunteers who are ready to come out and support these athletes. Um, it's just, it's better for everybody to figure out a way to produce this event than to cancel this event. And, and that's obviously, we're, we're, we're going to see the result of that on Sunday. We'll have about 2,500 people that are registered for the race right now. And with their families and friends and yeah. cheering sections, yeah. are we up to close to 15,000? Yeah, we'll probably, yeah, we're around fifteen to 20,000 probably uh, in the downtown area. That's the largest congregation during the bike course. Obviously, it's a much you know bigger geographic area. People can spread out, but um, the concentration near the Monona Terrace, uh, State Street, and the Capitol Squares where our largest population is for the race. And, we, yeah, we'll be in that uh, fifteen to 20,000 range easily. And you mentioned that, you know, you guys talked to hotels and businesses that were impacted by this. Were there any, like, participants, as you talked about, family, friends are all coming in town where, you know, they had to contact you guys and the hotel was flooded and now they have to find a new place to stay? Um, maybe Jamie can speak better to that. I have not heard of anything from a, from a hotel standpoint. Uh, some hotels have obviously been uh, affected by the by the flooding but the hotel community works really well together and anybody that may have been displaced for the race has been um found a new home so they could still all uh come to attend the event okay. I wonder, one of the secrets that that uh, we don't share very often about the hotel community is that when a hotel gets filled or a hotel is not able to meet its obligations they are actually despite being competitors all on the same team, and they all work back and forth in terms of taking each other's customers when, when you have a, a situation uh, where there's a room shortage. So the hotels, they may be competitors, but as a team, they just work great to make this event successful.